0: Welcome to the hey there. podcast. We are back. Another edition of the pod. We are getting closer and closer to real football. Mandatory OTAs or mandatory mini camps have been pushed up. They will be. By the time you're hearing this, the Niners should be practicing. Uh, they're set to practice at 1050 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, I don't expect them to practice on Thursday. Use the Niners don't do that. Um, it has been. Interesting couple days for the 49ers with some news about Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, and then of course Aaron Donald gets a very, very nice extension slash pay raise. Uh, The Golden State Warriors won on Sunday. The Giants are playing okay baseball. My Yankees are really good. Leo, what's going on, buddy?
1: You just had to throw that in there at the end, huh? My Yankees are really good. I, I shouldn't say really good. They're
0: the best team in baseball.
1: Okay, yeah, you know, we were having these conversations last year of the Giants were the best team in baseball. So I'm going to give it to you. Like have it all. Have the floor, my guy. Is Aaron um, Judge
0: going to be a Giant next year?
1: I'll ask you that later on here today. I'll said, ask you I'm going to
0: cry if he's a Giant next year.
1: Yeah, but you're still going to be able to enjoy his success though, you know what I mean? Because you you're obviously a huge piece of 49ers Twitter and the majority of 49ers Twitter are going to be san francisco giants fans so his six obviously i'm taking it a little far here by like basically saying he's going to be a giant (laughs) but if he were to become a giant his success that's something you'll still be able to enjoy it's not it's kind of like what steph curry and clay thompson are doing with the warriors so much of the 49ers fan base gravitates to the warriors obviously geographical location does that um so you're able to you know enjoy their success and uh, at the end of the day it's all love and I feel like if Aaron Judge went back home because the Bay Area would be home for him um he even went to college in Fresno State you would be able to enjoy that you and what would you rather have like come on you're a Yankees guy how many guys went and got a contract with the Boston Red Sox like that would be awful not many that would, not many even though even though the Red Sox don't seem like they would do that nowadays. Um, But like if he were to go do that, you would hate it. You would hate it. Um, Or maybe if he went somewhere, somewhere else, say the Astros decided to cash him out and he just took it. Although to me, I feel like Aaron Judge's personality wouldn't do that, but I feel like you would hate that as well. At least if he went to the Giants, there's some middle ground there.
0: There's no hate for the Giants because I like Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent, and all those guys when I was growing up. So, I guess right. you have a point. However, it would still bug me to see him in a Giants uniform. Uh, after you know, the Yankees should pay their own and their homegrown guys. You know, what, just take and Duhar. Just we'll trade you and Duhar. Let's do that. You down for that?
1: Christ, man. We'll
0: get to football eventually, but
1: I'll take and Duhar like. He's someone who could slash 270 any given season. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many he'll barrel up, especially playing at Oracle Park. Yeah. But if you get someone that could play all over the field, hit 270, play infield, he could go in the outfield. I think uh, that that'll fit Farhan's prototype, and you'll take that because not a lot of guys on this Giants lineup are hitting 270.
0: Positionless baseball, I guess. Right, like the Niners. Positionless football. Uh, speaking of positionless football, Debo Samuel is in the building, uh, as expected, uh, for mandatory minicamp. I did not expect him to forfeit $90,000 for just to not show up. Like, literally, all you have to do is show up. You don't have to practice. All you have to do is put some team gear on, stand out there, and watch practice. You don't have to practice, Debo. You don't have to. It's not necessary for you to practice, it's just mandatory for you to attend. You're present. Yeah. Um, now, some photos have really came out. Uh, if you listen to this, we were it's 11.31 Central Time on Monday. Uh, some photos came up surface that Debo Samuel was with the trainers for the 49ers, and so was Nick Bosa. So we will see if they are truly there. I do believe that they both would be there. I don't think the Niners are going to excuse absences for Debo or Bosa or for anyone really except for Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but Debo Samuel, according to some... Posts out that are out there is in attendance for tomorrow's mini camps or today's mini camps by the time you're hearing this, and so is Debo Samuel along with Trent Williams. I would expect George Kittle to be there. D Ford, I don't think he's going to be there. He doesn't really have to be there. I think they're letting him decide whether he's going to be re- whether he's going to retire or they decide just to release him outright. Um, Brunskill and others will probably most likely be there. They just don't want to forfeit that kind of money. Any significance of Debo showing up here? Do we have any? I mean, Debo was at the Warriors game on Sunday. Kyle Shanahan was a game on Sunday. Trey Sermon was at the game on Sunday. Trent Williams is a game on Sunday. uh, As the Warriors beat the Boston Celtics in game two to tie the series one to one. Any significance of Debo Samuel being there in person? Is there, we've been talking about it, right? There's value in face-to-face negotiations. Do you think there's a, hey, Debo, come up to John's office real quick. Right? Like, do we think that's happening?
1: I don't know if he's going up to John's office. Um, I could see them more so sitting down for a dinner. But I feel like some type of photos would have leaked. So they would have had to been in like a private spot where nobody's taking photos. And security uh, hosts, they're making sure that doesn't happen. But I don't think it would happen in John's office. Uh, Yes, there's a lot of significance for Debo to be in person. You don't think Kyle's trying to, a you know, trying to rub Debo's uh, elbow, uh, rub Debo's what rub elbows with Debo. Of course he was at that game. Debo, how you getting there? You need a ride? You need this? You need that? All right, let me know. You know Kyle's doing that. You know he is. Um, it's just, and also it's like, yeah, Debo's going to be in the building. I'm confident of Debo's going to be in the building. I don't think he will practice. Um, when you talk about significance, I look at TJ Watt situation that you've mentioned previously with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Was there significance with him to being there in Pittsburgh? Yes. In his After case, yeah. Facility? Yes, it, yes. Um, and, and I think it's going to be the same thing with Debo. Um, because, like, it's not like he's had a big payday yet. Like, TJ Watt at that moment did not have a big payday yet. They, these are two guys that were playing on rookie deals. Um, While Debo currently still is because there is no new deal at this current moment. Um, It's it's like your employer. I'm not going to count Debo's pockets. I'm going to count my pocket. If my employer I want to pay raise and I have to mandatory go to the office. And if I don't go to the office, I get fined $100 if I don't show up to the office. Can you guess what I'm going to do? I'm gonna show up to the office because I miss one day that's a hundred. Miss day two, two hundred. Miss day three, three hundred. And then essentially in a work week, I'm out five hundred dollars just because I didn't show up to the office. And I'm counting my pockets because obviously Debo situation, the money's a lot more significant than than my pocket, unfortunately for myself, I guess. Um but it's gonna hit him the same type of way as if I was out five hundred dollars. Whatever his number is is going hit him at the same exact way that it would hit me in, in my pay scale. so um he'll be there. he'll be there. it's, uh, it's, de- it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't think it gets resolved in a week or two, so be ready to ride.:
0: Yeah, I don't think this thing gets resolved anytime soon. I think and I think it might get a little bit contentious before it gets better. I think there's still some mending offenses that need to happen and whatever the the issues were with Debo. Whatever they were, they have to be resolved um, with a sit down and some type of conversation face to face. I think that's kind of where they're at. I, I think with Debo, there really wasn't any like hard stance with him. I just think he uses a tactic to get his money, negotiating tactic. I don't think he ever really didn't want to be here. I don't think that the usage was super much. It was a was a big issue. I think part of this was a patience thing, right? He's seeing the rest of the entire wide receiver class. Um, the salaries kind of exploded. You know, Cooper cup gets an extension. Devonte Adams gets paid. Stefan Diggs gets paid. You know, uh, AJ Brown got Christian got, Kirk, Christian Kirk got paid. paid like these guys that he probably feels there are his contemporaries or his peers, um, got paid and he hasn't got paid yet. And, you know, impatient in, in the sense. Right. And I think we've talked about it before. Like if, if the original number was what Tony Pauline said, 19 million, the Niners came correct, apparently, because A.J. Brown got $19 million. So they were in the right ballpark for his price point. So it's probably more so just a, a timing thing with Debo. Hey, look, give me my money now when I want it. And the Niners don't operate like that. They don't set presidents like that. And I wasn't worried about it getting done before, and I'm still not worried about it getting done now. I think they're, this will come to a resolution before training camp. They'll get it done. Uh, I don't expect to see Debo Sigma taking any live reps or hundred percent go on uh the practice field at all in the next three days and the Niners have a really long break until training camp. So um Nick Bosa also in the building. Some news that kind of ties to Nick Bosa and Nick Bosa's future. Aaron Donald just got an extension. A huge extension, like a a really, really big pay raise. Um for any of those anyone out there who thought Nick Bosa would not crack. $30 million a year, he's going to crack $30 million a year. And I think it's going to look like, a. I think the Niners should probably try to do this deal, you know, like a six year deal, something really, really long term to protect themselves as well. Um, so according to Ian Rapport, the Rams have reworked all all world defensive tackle Aaron Donald's three remaining contract years to give him a massive $40 million raise through 2024 making him the highest-paid non-QB in the NFL history at 31 years old. He gets $95 million through 2024. So he gets paid for 2022, 2023, 2024. He's getting over $30 million a year. It's essentially a two-year $60 million extension. Um, what does that mean for Nick Bosa? So looking at Nick Bosa's numbers, or not Nick Bosa's numbers, but looking at the... Pass rusher numbers for value. Khalil Mack is still the highest valued uh, pass rusher at 141, 141 million. Joey Bosa at 135 million. Miles Garrett 125, and then Von Miller at 120. Now the AAV or average annual value. Joey Bosa is getting 27. Miles Garrett's at 25. TJ Watts at 28. If we're looking at just normal inflation in the NFL. TJ Watt was the most recent large contract extension, um, and he got 80 million in practical guarantees. Miles Garrett got 100 in practical guarantees, and Joey Bosa got 102 in practical guarantees. Now, Bo- Joey Bosa's deal was done in 2020. I would assume that Nick is gonna see close to 150 million over five years and probably likely see 110 fully guaranteed putting him at that 30 million dollar mark for average annual value and i think i think i i think i speak for all four dot fans he's absolutely worth that number as long as he's healthy
1: oh yeah absolutely as long as he's healthy year in year out year over year clock it in you know you're going to be top 3 as far as edge rusher in the league um when Nick Bosa's on your team, you know, you're top three at that position year in, year out. That's basically your your dealership in the state in the whole United States. Year in, year out, you guys are going to be top three at selling those Tundras. I don't think the Aaron Donald deal necessarily affects his negotiations. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't see it as a oh, I want to get his APY. Get me higher than him or his agent saying that to the 49ers. I don't see that scenario because it's practically a two-year deal for Donald and the Rams. It's kind of hard to say, give me six years, this amount, over something that's only a two-year deal. So I don't think they'd necessarily chase that APY to, to be north of Donald's, but I do think it is north of 30. Whether it's right at the dot or north, I think it's there. Meaning... He's gonna have the highest APY out of all the the outside the edge rushers because Donald's a pass rusher, but he's interior. He's not an edge rusher. Um with with the highest right now is TJ Watt at twenty eight million per year. Um and I think he's gotta break those that that those practical guarantees as well, which is his brother, coincidentally, is number one at one oh two. Like you said, <clears throat> Maybe, maybe Nick Bosa gets 105. Um, I don't think he completely crushes 102, but it's, it like you said, six-year deal makes sense, right? For both parties. Nick Bosa's young enough to get a six-year deal. If you get a six-year deal done with Nick Bosa, that means he's on your team for at least nine seasons, uh, given he has the same production that he is doing now. Um, <clears throat> because obviously you'll have early outs based on where the guarantees lie. Um, If you get a guy like Nick Bosa on your team for nine seasons, whatever happens in that third contract in the NFL doesn't matter at that point. That's going to be the prime stage of Nick Bosa. So if you could have that prime stage of a player like Nick Bosa, I don't care if it's this freaking second overall pick. That's a slam dunk. Because we've seen this team miss a third overall pick in Solomon Thomas. If you get this Nick Bosa, this production, at, at least ballpark of the production. Because it it's really difficult to maintain. You get ballpark this production for nine years. Under contract. That's a beautiful story. That That's something you celebrate as a front office and a fan base. Once that deal gets done, I may get myself a Nick Bosa jersey. I may do it.
0: I stopped buying jerseys. I stopped. I can't do it. Won't do it. Nope. Not doing it. All right. What's
1: your What's your number? What's your number?
0: Oh, I always go with 32. Ricky Waters.
1: Okay. It's 32 right, or 21.
0: I, like, if I'm going to the game, it's 32 or 21. But I will say, the jersey that I felt very comfortable purchasing, and I bought it because it was the 75th anniversary with the patch and everything, I bought it so I can collect it was the Fred Warner one. That was the only one I was really comfortable buying. But okay. other than that, I will not buy another jersey until – you know the guys retired, or he's been on the team ten years. I was thinking about getting an Armstead jersey. Like Armstead's going on like year nine, right? Like if he can crack year ten, cool. Same thing. i get Jimmy Ward. Ward over
1: Armstead. i I'll like get Armstead. Ward over Armstead. I like Armstead. Um, but honestly, I may just get a thirty-two Vega now. We'll see. Let's go. Start rocking around with it. <laughs> People will start thinking that's my last name, probably. To be honest.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Nick's going to get paid, whether it's now or next season. And I think it'll probably be going into next season once he does, you know, but the thing is with the Niners, I've said this before with players, like it's always better to pay them early than pay them late. Right. What if Nick goes out there and has a 20 sack season, another all pro year, he makes the pro bowl, right? Like the price yesterday's price is not today's price. Right, I, that's that's the situation you he, he run into with a guy yeah. like Nick Bosa. Like, right now, could you get him at one fifty for five and a hundred and ten guaranteed? Right, let's just say after next season, let's just say, let's just say he cracks twenty sacks, an All Pro year. Right? Does that does he still get the one fifty? Yeah, but that guaranteed number probably creeps up higher. Right? Does he get more? right so it's always mm-hmm. better to pay a guy early than later so yeah see so i way.
1: i used to be the cheap ass that would say you got this player on contract for 7 million dollars this season why are you going to do that why like why are you going to do that why are you going to give him more money then i started looking at it the way these contracts work out you you got to pay them early like that's a smart move we're talking about guys like a Nick Bosa and a Debo Samuel. Those are guys you pay early. Um, just keeping keeping it on house in, in terms of the edge rushers, someone I like but I probably would have waited on would have been like a Harold Landry. Harold Landry to me isn't a slam dunk of a guy that I want to pay early um, or even a, a Hassan Reddick. Now that Hassan Reddick I guess is a good example because it ended up biting the Cardinals in their behind but did he necessarily deserve a a big time extension at that point no he didn't um it was literally his contract year which is the best time to do it if you're a player and then he signed that deal with with the Panthers and now he's with the Eagles um so there's some guys that you just wait to see what happens with their career that's not Nick Bosa that's not Debo Samuel those guys you pay early you just give it up. Like, what do you want? How much? All right, uh, let me talk to the owner. I am gonna get this done. Those are what you do with those guys.
0: Yeah, and you throw in as any eyewear deal or something to add add an equity. Jimmy Garoppolo excused from minicamp, mandatory minicamp as expected. He is allowed to rehab in Southern California as expected. Um, I don't think this is any. I don't think this is news. I don't think it's newsworthy, but it is something we have to talk about. Um, do I think the Niners want him there? Probably not. Right. This is a transitional point. Right. This is. Hey, look. This is Lance's team. We need no distractions around here. Not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo be a distraction, but when you put that guy back in the locker room, who is still tight with people on the team, maybe. I mean, he hasn't returned Kittle's calls, even on the iPhone that he bought him um, with. So, which reminds me, I had a, I had a new iPhone. Like it is ridiculous the 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 cost of an iPhone. By the way.
1: Yeah, I just I have AT and T, so I just. Finance it. I'm like just put it in on my monthly. No, I do that too. And, yeah, I'm like, ain't no way I'm paying thirteen hundred front for a damn phone.
0: Like I had insurance or whatever, but for some reason I dropped it, the screen cracked, I still had to no. pay like five hundred bucks and the taxes on the what? new one. And they only had the green color, which is really stupid. What? That's here nor there. What service? A T and T. Yeah, I know. I know. Ooh. I know. Either way, whatever. Um Jimmy Grapple being excused. Not wasn't anything that we didn't expect. Um, To me, you know, Kyle's pretty clear on it. A couple weeks ago, when he said it, we expect him to be traded. That was like as clear as he's ever been. We expect him to be traded. Right. Like this is this is Trey Lance's team, and it's more and more evident week by week as the closer we get to the season. You know, not having Jimmy there to me is another saying, "Hey, look, just don't come." I don't. I don't even think it's an excuse saying, "Hey, we don't want you here." Just go ahead and get your rehab, you know, even though we thought you'd heal without surgery. You, you kind of threw that on us last minute. You caught us off guard with that, right? Just stay where you are. You know, we'll figure it out whenever the time comes. I have a, a question. If Jimmy Garoppolo is not traded before he's cut, does, does he take? Does he step foot in the Ford facility ever again?
1: Mm, that's a great question. I would say if it negotiates him to another spot, he will. So if he's got to step in there for negotiation practices, then probably. Um, But if him showing up gives him nothing in his advantage to be moved uh, to be a starter somewhere, I I don't see what benefit what benefits Jimmy Garoppolo and his camp by, by showing up to the 49ers facility. Um, So I'm going to say, no, I don't, I don't think he steps foot in the 49ers facility again. Um, If he would, I think this probably would have been the time. Like it's early enough in the off season. He's not practicing. So everybody's out there with Trey Lance already. Um, But it's just, what this reminds me of the, he's excused. Uh, from mandatory camp is just kind of a an employee that is you know that lost his job because Jimmy Garoppolo essentially lost his job to Trey Lance, um. So it's like an employee losing their job and then saying, "Oh no, I d- I didn't get fired, I quit." That's what this feels like—an employee saying, "I didn't get fired, I quit." Um, he's not going to be a part of the team next year. Um, there there is nothing to be excused about. What well, I am glad that it did get reported publicly by Tom Pelissero because it squashes the whole narrative of oh, is Jimmy gonna start for the Forty ers in twenty twenty two? Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? Like they're still trying to facilitate a trade. There's, we're we're in June. We're about to be in mid June. Like you don't go this long without the quarterback being traded or released. Um like come on if you're the if you're the starting quarterback of a team you're in building at this point you're in building if you have a chance to compete when you're healthy you're in the building to me this essentially tells me that he has no chance to compete he mm-hmm. lost his job but they don't want to say he's fired they shook hands and said it you know we're both gonna walk away from this one. That's where they're at. If if you have an employee, Javi, at at, at your, you know company and he didn't meet quota for consecutive months, but you really like the guy as a person. You really respect him as a person. He tried hard, came in every day, did his best, but as a company, you guys just can't, you know, be giving this guy these hourly checks. He's got to be making the commission. Um, unfortunately, he came short on commission a few times, similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, this is where you and you and that employee shake hands and say it's for the best of us. He didn't quit. You didn't fire him. And you guys just shook hands and walked away. That's what the, that's what this is. It's the Jim
0: Harbaugh, Jed York mutually parted ways situation. <laughs> Yeah. Right. That's that's kind of this is what it feels like. Look. Did did the Niners treat him well? I know fans aren't going to like this. I I'm I'm going to say yes and no. I think they treated him well financially. Did they treat him well publicly and the last 2 years probably not with how they shopped around and did what they needed to do. Did Jimmy Garoppolo kind of screw him with his surgery and kind of mess up his own situation with surgery. Yeah, probably. Right. There's just like a little bit of a bickering going on with your ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Right. We've always talked about this relationship with Kyle and Jimmy. Right. Was there a little bit of friction there? Right. Jimmy Garoppolo even said it on a radio show that he would not wish 2021 on, on his worst enemy. Right. What he had to go through as a player and not just from an injury standpoint, just from, just the awkwardness of having another quarterback there who you knew was going to take your job in twenty twenty two, anyways, right? You're a lame duck going through that situation. So this is ideal for both guys, for both parties, for the Niners and Jimmy. Hey, look, just go ahead and rehab. We're going to monitor it, make sure you're getting, make sure you're getting your treatment, you're taking care of it, and you're under our watch. I want the Niners are paying for that, right? Like that's part of the insurance. Like Niners are paying for that stuff, anyways. So Jed's making sure he's covered there. But it's just best that he's not at at the facility. This is Trey Lance's team now it's going forward. Again, I've said it before. Thank you, Jimmy Grob, for all that you've done, right? Not everything was bad. Not everything was good. But he won a lot of games or helped us win a lot of games. He was productive when he was here, when they needed him to be. Um, he helped right the ship and get this 49ers team back afloat uh, for the five years that he was here. Um, so we'll see how this goes. We'll, we'll keep monitoring the situation. I still don't see a landing spot for him. I don't see a starting opportunity for him unless someone gets injured. Um, now, could the Saints be a possibility? Are the Browns in in play with the Deshaun Watson stuff? Is Jameis rehabbing correctly? Is Watson going to get suspended? Right? What happens in Carolina? Is Sam Bradford still Sam Bradford. Sam Darnold still terrible. Probably likely. Um, so there's options, but I just don't know how realistic they are until. Training camp starts. Like, we won't know any of this stuff until training camp. I think this is going to ride until July. I think the Niners are going to hold on to him probably until the beginning of July, middle, maybe first two weeks of July and see where everything goes. If not, they're just going to end up cutting him, right? I, I, don't, I don't see a trade partner here. This is going to be a cut.
1: I'm going to say, um, first on, if you talk, <clears throat> you touch on it, the 49ers treated Jimmy Grapple well. Yes, they, they looked around. Yes, they window shopped. Um, But ultimately, after the trade of Trey Lance, they had every reason to get off of Jimmy Garoppolo, to bench him, to go with the young guy that you invested all this tra- draft capital in. The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan had every reason, especially after injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo, playing with his thumb. They stuck with him. And the team, you know, rallied around him. Got to an NFC Championship game. So yeah, I I think this past season, they did everything they could to help Jimmy Garoppolo's market. Unfortunately for Garoppolo and the 49ers, I don't think the market is what they anticipated. Even myself, the market was not what I had anticipated. I would have thought, like Jimmy Garoppolo should have been priority over Carson Wentz. Ron Rivera company didn't feel the same way. So it's uh I think ultimately the option that comes is uh comes down to a release. I I I think that's why why is someone gonna trade and give up capital um when they know the partners are iced in. Yep. Um And you make a trade, what's his contract? Like how hard is that going to be able to work out? Uh, Because we heard from, I think, Pelissero as well that Garoppolo and Camp are willing to restructure a deal for the trading partner. Um, It just seems like things may be a lot easier for whoever wants to be on their team.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just the contract. That's part of it when it comes down to it. Injury and the contract, no one's going to want to pay that. Right? And then I don't think the Niners would even pick up. I don't think the Niners want to pick up that amount of money either um, to send them away. So it's just, <clears throat> all in all, I think ultimately I think the Niners kind of messed up the the last portion, like the last stretch of this Jimmy Garoppolo ride. I think they messed it up. Um, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo had some something to do with it as well, with the with the surgery being so late in the offseason or late in the process. Uh, but it is what it is. We'll keep monitoring and keep going from there. Uh, two greats, well I shouldn't say greats, one 49er legend retired, we'll talk about him in a little bit, and then your our most current 49er, Alex Mack, retired, leaving a hole at the center position for the 49ers. So we've been talking about the offensive line pretty much since the season ended, right? That was part of why the 49ers lost the game versus the Rams um, in the NFC title game. The offensive line kind of gave, gave in and caved in. Uh, right tackle obviously was an issue most of the year with Tom Compton filling in for Mike McGlinchey. Daniel Brunskill was okay at best, right? He's a AFL Hall of Famer, essentially. Um, and then, of course, center position, Alex Mack played well. Tomlinson played well. And then Trent Williams was on a high ankle sprain in the NFC title game. So the offensive line was banged up. Now the Niners going to the offense, the Niners going to the 2022 season with question marks along the offensive line, right? We know Trent Williams. All-pro, we don't got to worry about that guy. Aaron Banks, second-year player out of Notre Dame. According to him, reshaped his body with the training staff from the offseason. Still weighs about 330, but is a little bit more nimble, right? A little bit more uh, agile. Much better at getting to the second level, according to some reports out of, out of the OTAs. Center, what is going to happen there? Jake Brendel, Daniel Brunskill, Keaton Sutherland, what happens there? Right guard. Is it Brunskill again? Jalen Moore? How about Spencer Burford? Rookie out of UTSA. It's a name that hasn't been brought up much. And McGlinchy at right tackle, right? The the word out of out of 49ers camp is McGlinchy's going to be ready for training camp. He will be ready. He looks to be in really good shape. He's going to be on the move. The Niners have spent capital, draft capital, on the offensive line the last couple of years. Colt McKibbitts, Daniel Brunskill, I'm sorry. Colt McKibbitts, Justin School, Jalen Moore, Spencer Burford. Nick uh, Zakelj, um, Jalen Moore, you know they've they've invested in this position, but none of them have any real game time experience in the NFL except for McKevitts and Justin School. Part of me is not very worried about the offensive line, and I think that's gonna people are gonna freak out when I say that. But the Niners made made a Super Bowl with Ben Garland at center. And Mike Person at right guard, and I don't think the gap between those two guys is humongous to the point where a guy like Jake Brendel and Daniel Brunskill can't be sufficient enough to keep the offense afloat. Jake Brendel. So I went digging um, through some numbers. It's on my Twitter account if you guys want to check it out. Just and the, these numbers may mean nothing, right? I just just looking at player profiles. Alex Max Proday, he had a 40-yard 40, 40 yard dash, was 5.17, three-cone drill, 7.31, 20-yard shuttle, 4.75, broad jump, uh, 8 feet, 10 inches, and vertical, 28.5 inches. Jake Brendel, his 40-time, 5.01, three-cone, 7.31, 20-yard shuttle, 4.27, broad jump, 9 feet, invert, 28 inches. Very, very similar profile. To that of Alex Mack. I'm not saying he's Alex Mack. Alex Mack is a Hall of Famer. What I'm saying is Kyle Shanahan has a type, and Jake Brendel fits that type. Chris Forster worked with Jake Brendel in Miami, and we all know about these 49ers' coaching staff, or most coaching staffs, they like familiarity with their players. Jake Brendel was also the primary backup at center in the 2021 season. So, my logic here if you are the primary center backup, for this team on a deep playoff team, deep playoff roster. You had to have done something right. There's something that this coaching staff sees in Jake Brendel that they're comfortable with rolling with him at center and keeping Brunskill at right guard. Am I off here, Leo? Am I giving too much credit
1: to Jake Brendel? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say s- too much credit. I think you're trying to piece the unknown. Because I think when it comes to Drake Brendel, like, what can we know as Jake Brendel, the NFL center? Uh, Because he's only taken 146 pass-blocking snaps in his career. The most came at 2018 when he had 104 snaps that year. Something that is impressive for the center position is that he only gave up three pressures in those 146 snaps. Um, and I say that's impressive because that's what you're going to want in a Kyle Shanahan offense In a Kyle Shanahan offense. The the center isn't, he's supposed to be the guy that gives up the least amount of pressures. A lot of it's, uh, you know, uh, by design, because you, you can go look at 2019 where we talk about 2019 with, with, a mixture of guys there, Weston Richburg as well as Ben Garland. Well, Richburg before injury only gave up 14 pressures in 835 snaps. Four pressures for Ben Garland in 236. You combine those snaps, there are over a thousand um, pass blocking snaps by the guys who split time at center, and that's only a total of 18 pressures. Uh, you look at this past season with Alex Mack. Over 1,000 pass-blocking snaps. He was better than those two guys, obviously. That's why Alex Mack had the career he had. He only gave up 12 pressures in the 17 games. You look at Brunskill in his sole season at center. Over 1,000 snaps, pass-blocking. 31 pressures allowed. So, 2019, the center position did not give up 20 pressures. 2021, the center position did not give up 20 pressures. Hell didn't even give up 15 pressures during the regular season. And then you have Daniel Brunskill's year where he gave up 31 pressures at center. I get it. He can have highlights blocking Aaron Donald or Zadarius Smith trying to line up over him when, when Brunskill was at center, but at the end of the day in Kyle Shannon's offense, the center position is not supposed to give up 20 pressures in a single season. Daniel Brunskill surpassed that at 31. That's the pressures that you see at the, at the right guard position in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I say that because in 2019, a uh, person was at 33 and this past season Brunskill was at 36. Uh, so you see the 30 amount, at the right guard position in Shanahan's offense, and they could get by. What happened in 2019? They went to the Super Bowl. They could get by that. This past season, NFC Championship game, they could get by that. You can't get by the center position giving up that amount of pressure rate. Um, And that's what they had in Brunskill's sole season at center. That's why I'm banging my fist on the table. Don't show me a highlight of him at center blocking Zadarius Smith. Don't show me that. The numbers say the stat, you know, they, they say what it is um, because every play that you could show me against a top pass rusher, you could you could see about two plays versus two guys that are rotational guys creating pressure against Brunskill at the center position. Um, it's a tough position. You're asked to do a whole lot more. So I don't blame Brunskill in that. He kind of got thrown into the fire there. I don't blame him for that. Um Keep him at right guard. He just finished his full first season at right guard. There's no reason to switch him for camp. You let it battle out. The 49ers, they were saying they knew what Alex Mack was leaning. Okay, if they knew what, what where he was leaning, they should be prepared. And they should be comfortable at who's going to be at center. And um, Jake Brendel, by the numbers, looks like he's done okay for an undrafted guy. Yes, The sample size is very minimal so anytime i speak on Brendel, it's gonna be like the unknown um because i don't know him too well like i'm talking about his his best year was in 2018 that's three seasons ago hell who's that's actually that's four (laughs) seasons ago the way this the this this works out because 2019 is three seasons ago now um so it's 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 kind of like that scenario of he's got the athletic traits you posted them on your Twitter profile. The guy's got he's that three hundred pound, borderline three hundred pound, six four size, athletic, five flat forty. And what I like about Brendel is, yeah, he's going to be thirty, but he's not a high mileage mileage thirty year old. Yeah. Um. It's so like certified it's, pre-owned. It, exactly certified pre-owned. <laughs> Um, you know how when you go in the settings and collect, you know, uh, let me see who's available under 60,000 miles. That's Jake Brendel. He's available for under 60,000 60, miles. Um, So while he may be 30 years old, uh, in true football form, he's probably somewhere around 28. Um, Because obviously in practices, he's still going to take the bumps, the bruises. So I'm not going to be like, oh, he's like a 23-year-old because of his... His time. He hasn't really played too much. Yeah. No, he's probably like a 28, you know, 28 year old body, um, but at the age of 30. So you'd figure maybe you get three to four years out of this guy. And I don't think that's considering where the 49ers have been at the center situation. I don't think that's necessarily a negative thing.
0: No, it's not a negative thing, but I think, or I wish Kyle would really focus on securing a center for Trey. Now, this is where Nick uh, Zakelge can come in and play from Fordham. If you haven't already, make sure you're following Jordan Elliott on Twitter at JLeeElliott. He does have a really good piece um, speaking about Nick Zakelge with uh, the coach from Fordham about his position um, on the 49 roster and how he can possibly take over that center spot. Uh, it's a really well-done piece. Make sure you're checking that out on Niners Nation. Um, and then also from Jordan Elliott, he did put a – five in-house uh, options at the center position, which is kind of what we're going over right now. Um, in-house options, the Niners have them, out, you know, out of outside options for the 49ers. There aren't very many, right? You can't really trade for anybody. J.C. is available. Do we know the extent of J.C. Treder's knee issue? Because in Cleveland, he did not practice much. And as 49ers fans, I think we all have a level of PTSD when it comes to knee injuries, Right. Or guys with previous history, um, previous injury injury history, and not being able to play right. Weston Richburg, the Niners took a big swing. When he was playing, he was outstanding, one of the top centers in the league. But he tore his quad, and then he tore his patellar tendon. But he also had a whole bunch of head injuries in New York. So we there was a history there with um, with Richburg, right? Daniel Kilgore was in in place for a little while. The Niners have gone through five or six centers under Kyle Shanahan, and. It's not Shanahan's fault, but I think the the 49ers front office should put a little bit more emphasis on a position that historically we know Kyle Shanahan values. And he wants a high high IQ player there. And this is where Nick Zakels comes into play and Jake Brennan comes into play. And I think think ultimately it comes down to those two guys being the two that ultimately take snaps or are snapping the wall to Trey Lance in the future. Um, So there's a lot to go over there with the offensive line. Ultimately, I think the Niners keep up nine offensive linemen. We know the five. I think we we listed them. Trent, Banks, Brendel, Brunskill, McGlinchey. That's your five. And then four would be Zakelge, Burford, Moore, <clears throat> and most likely Colton McKibbitt. So I think that's kind of how the Niners would roll with their nine. Now, the other retiree, Frank Gore, I, I'd be remiss to not mention anything about Frank. Frank Frank Gore retired last week. Um, quite possibly, you know, I say this a lot. You know, I say Ricky Waters is my favorite player, but I, you know, I spent some time thinking about it, and it might just be Frank. I think Frank Frank is everything you want in a football player. Frank is everything you want in a Forty Nine er. Frank. When he left, all he cared about was the Niners. When he was in Indianapolis, when he was in Buffalo, when he was in Miami, when he was in New York, he would speak to 49ers beat writers and ask about the Niners. Hey, what do y'all think about this team? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? Um, it makes me sad to know that Patrick, Joe, Frank, they, they never got their ring as Niners. But did they give us three amazing years under Harbaugh? Absolutely. 2011, 2012, 2013. Absolutely amazing from from those guys. And I, I'll never forget, you know, me and my buddy Fernando, I never got to go to Candlestick as a kid. We were broke, right? We didn't have very much money to do these things. Um, but when I had the opportunity to go to Candlestick, I did make sure to go, and I got to go to the final Seahawks game in Candlestick, the second-to-last game in Candlestick. And Frank broke that game-winning rush to seal the game, basically, for the 49ers. And I'll never forget that moment. Anything that stands out to you about Frank, Leo? Everything? That he was my favorite. <laughs> everything?
1: My, he, that, yeah Everything. <laughs> like, he was my favorite player during his 49ers tenure. Um, specifically, I've said plenty of times on this show, I am a Miami Hurricanes fan. Oh yeah. Um, so that was my guy from from draft day and his rookie year. What was that? So I was a twelve year old annoying ass kid, um, in the stands yelling at Frank Gore in his first preseason game for an autograph, and he was actually turning around telling me like like literally ten times, "I'll go once the game uh once the game's over," and so I I finally matured up and was like, I should probably stop bothering this guy. Um <laughs> but as soon as the game was over, I swear to God, I thought he was gonna forget about me. As soon as it hit zeros, came rushing over to me, signed my jersey, signed my hat, um, did things for other fans in the stadium. So like that I've always appreciated him from that was his rookie year. Um Ladanian Tomlinson's on the other side. Like he could have went and shook hands and tried, you know, Try to rub elbows with him. Uh, obviously, a future Hall of Famer and Ludanian Tomlinson. Uh, but no, he uh, he did that for the fans, and he showed that for the rest of his career. Once he did essentially made it in the NFL, he, he always carried that with him.
0: Congratulations to both Alex Mack and Frank Gore on two Hall of Fame careers. Thank you for what you've done for the 49ers. Alex, you were only here for one year, um, but you were appreciated. And then Frank, of course, he's going into the 49ers Hall of Fame. He will be eligible for Hall of Fame induction in 2026, if I read that correctly. Um, sad day as a Niner fan, man. His career's over. All those guys are done. Joe, Pat, now Frank, Bowman. Those guys had a hell of a run, I think. As 49ers fans, we can appreciate that that four-year run that they gave us, and it was great, so. I'm getting emotional, man. I miss those guys.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, the the great thing about being a 49er fan is you run into players like that: Montana, John Taylor, Jerry Rice, Hell Francis, um, Rathman, and then you go on to the next set of guys: Young, To, Hurst. You know, Hurst, Garrison Hurt, Man, Julian Peterson, Julian Peterson was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, it's – well, now that you bring up Julian Peterson, hopefully they learned their lesson at the edge rusher position. Um, <laughs> don't because, let that, don't
0: those guys walk out.
1: Yeah, don't let those guys walk out because, obviously, Charles Haley, they let him go. He had a hell of a career in Dallas. Let Peterson go. Ended up having a Pro Bowl year very next season with the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, yes, pay Nick Bosa, please. Um, but, yeah, it's like that's the beauty of being the 49ers fan is you get those players – and then it's, it, and then it just cycles over with another one. Um, once the day comes when, when these other guys, we're going to have the same sentiments because Debo Sammy's a hell of a player, Fred Warner, uh, Nick Bosa, as Jones I already Kittle. alluded to, Kittle, Trent, Trent Williams now, because by the time he's done, he's going to be with the Niners for a while. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Ward, Ward, I would Armstead. even throw in there. Armstead, yes. Um, hell what the way Aziz is progressing like he may be a name in a few years that we feel the same about so that's a good thing about being a 49ers fans is it just it rolls over in, in, into more wealth and uh it's not say what the Jaguars had to deal with like <laughs> ha- have they recovered since Jimmy Smith yet I don't no. know no so Fred Taylor have they recovered yet since then I don't know maybe Maurice Jones drew but that's about it it's not, a, you know,
0: we're we usually pretty objective. The last 10 minutes of the show have been all Homer is Homerism, but it's Frank, man. It's Frank. That's one guy that I will take my objective hat off for and speak of. And, uh, for those of you who listen to the pod, I, if you were to watch this, there's a humongous, or I should say humongous. I have a framed Frank, Jer- Frank Gore autographed Jersey behind me. And that's, you know, I, that's the only guy that I have multiple jerseys that I have the the 06 one with the 60-year patch on it. Or is it 07? Mm. One of the two. Um, and I got the 2011 Reebok one. And then I got the 2014 mm-hmm. Nike one. And then I got the one that's autographed. So I have Frank's one that's in the house. That's for sure in the house. That's the one that keeps... That, that's the one will come out, you know, on a certain Sunday. I'll put that yeah. one on. But, yeah, that's the that's one.
1: Funny. That's funny. Because I got I got three... I got the the oh five his rookie year one. I got the white one. I yeah, like I got that one, one better than I. I got I like that one better than the burgundy color. Mm-hmm. So I got the white one, as you guys remember, that's with the big SF logo on on the sleeves with the with the three stripes across and then the the outlined numbers. Um, so I got the oh five one because mine doesn't have the sixty year patch. Of course, um, I, I'm not wealthy like Javi. I got um, that on
0: eBay, bro. I got that on eBay <laughs> like a couple years ago.
1: It was amazing. Oh damn! And then I got the I got the Reebok one um, as well when they went back to say they in what like 2011 2010 when they went back to the old school style. I got that one, and then I got a I I want to say it's a 2008 Pro Bowl one where it's like a blue version, the Pro Bowl yeah. jersey. Um, so I I got that Honolulu one. Yeah, I need to get me one of those. But I feel I feel like I need to get me another one, though.
0: Yeah, get one more just for the road. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> just just another one.
0: Uh, the show will be you know when, once the show is posted, it'll be posted on Twitter. Make share your share your favorite Frank Gore moment in the thread. We appreciate that. Um, but as always, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Uh, there is a lot more to come. OTA practices today. Or, well, tonight. Excuse me, not tonight. When you're listening to this, the Practices will have probably started and finished by the time you listen to this. Uh, and then Wednesday and Thursday will be other practices. We'll see if they practice on Thursday. But we'll, hopefully we get some Debo updates, some Nick Bosa updates, and then some st- statuses on other players, right? Fred, Fred and Kittle have not participated in any OTAs so far. Was to get some news on those guys. Um, Kyle Shanahan is set to speak uh, on Tuesday to the media after practice. And we'll go from there. We'll play it by ear. As we go, as always, make sure you're uh, following everything at NinersNation.com. Follow the Niners Nation Twitter handle. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at HobbyBake underscore. And follow my guy Leo here at
1: Luna 93
0: And, as always, make sure you subscribe, rate, review on Apple iTunes. Wherever you get your podcast. we do appreciate it. Uh, leave a review, and we will – I think Rob reads them all. So just go ahead and do that for Rob, and we appreciate y'all. As always, go Niners. Peace.